if you would turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. 3, beginning in verse 7. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Philippians 3, verse 8. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings and becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this moment in this time, this day. You are here. This is your word. And we pray that you would use it to speak to our lives this day, that you'd help me to speak your words. But I know that what you have to say can go beyond anything I could ever say. And so allow this sword to pierce through that we might be more like you as we walk out of here. And when we came in, Lord, move as only you can, Holy Spirit. Fall, fill, move us to press on this day. We give you the thanks and the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. We have been moving through a sermon series called New Begins Now, which is especially relevant to our graduates that we're celebrating today. At the very end of the service, we're going to be uh, honoring them and praying for them, and then obviously going next door. Everyone, uh, hopefully you will just be a part of that, uh, celebrating and, and, and supporting, in a sense, our family here. But... Whether or not you're heading off to college or trade school or right into the workforce, whether you're glad about what's going on or sad, there is a part of your life, if you're a graduate, that is left behind, and now God wants to do a new thing. It's what we talked about in Isaiah 43, about the new thing that He wants to do, a new thing that we find, in a sense, what He is calling us to here in the New Testament portion of uh, the Isaiah 43 in verses 13 and 14 where he says brothers and sisters I do not consider myself yet to take hold of it but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus you can't go back to what it was no matter what now you could get stuck out of fear or lack of focus but what God's message today is for us, press on. Press on to the new that God wants to do in your life. 
And this is not just for those who are graduating. Now, today, as you listen to the message, I'll be putting some application points, in a sense, to those who are graduating. But it's the Word of God to all of us. And I hope that we will hear today Him speaking to each and every one of us. God wants to do a new thing, but He can't do a new thing if you stand in the same old place. We must press on. Press on. Now, to some of you, and especially to graduates, that's not something I have to say twice. Press on? Oh, I'm ready to press on. I am, you know, there's some that I am so ready to press on. I'm out of here. I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to get started with uh, down the road and, and all that I got on to press on with a passion. And, and that's great to some extent. Parents are a little saddened by that attitude, uh, right? The, uh, the kids that are just like, I'm out of here. I can't wait. You know, this is what we've been working towards. But nonetheless, that's great. But there is just a little thing we got to consider as we think about, I'm just pressing on with all passion. I can't wait. Uh, imagine, if you will, uh, Roberta and I coming back. For, we were at uh, National Council uh, down in Florida, and if we were coming back on the airplane uh, on our flight back to Pittsburgh, and we were excited about getting back and wanting to get back and all of that, and and then the pilot gets on the speaker, right? You know, the pilot comes on, and he goes, uh, Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to uh, thank you for flying these friendly skies, and we're so glad that you're with us today, and I have some great news. Yes, uh, I want to report some amazing progress that we were just made. They had a strong tailwind, and I'm excited to say that we are way ahead of schedule. We should arrive an hour early in Dallas. I want to go to Pittsburgh, right? It doesn't matter how... We far ahead we are in the schedule how fast we've been traveling i'm going to pittsburgh and he's saying i'm going to dallas it doesn't matter how excited he is about what's happening what matters is not just that we press on what i'm saying is that we need to be pressing on in the right direction we need to be pressing on to what god wants for our lives as we think about this the right path what direction are we heading as we're pressing on uh, paul was pressing on in things that he thought was good. Paul was pressing on in things that he was succeeding at, but it was all the wrong direction. I didn't read these verses, but look in Philippians chapter 3, look earlier in verse 4, where it says, Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if anyone thinks he has reason to put confidence in flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. He had it going. Paul was succeeding. He was pouring himself all out, all in to the wrong things. And even for some, they wouldn't necessarily have seen that as wrong. Some might have thought, well, that's good. But it wasn't God. And so in verse 7, he says, Whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. 
I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. All the stuff, the direction I was heading so fast and so furious and so into all that good that seemed to be and people were saying it didn't matter. That wasn't God. That wasn't what he wasn't. That wasn't his purposes for my life. Paul says, I count all of that beforehand. It's just trash. There are too many people that start out in their lives pressing on passionately in what what they want to do or what seems right to them only to come to a realization much later in life that their life was just wasted on the wrong pursuits. Just like Paul, going all out the wrong way on the wrong road. Don't make that mistake. Any of us. It's not enough to just press on heading towards a good thing. We need to be pressing on, heading towards the God things in our life. God wants to do not just something new, but something great. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. King James talks about it, the words it uses, that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or even think. It's what God wants to do, but it's on his road that we must pursue. And, and if we're marking down points, the first point this day is that we must pursue the purposes of God if we're going to press on in the right way. We must pursue the purposes of God. Paul changed it all around because that's what he did. He was going the wrong direction, heading the wrong, and he changed it all around as we read in verse 14. He didn't lose his passion. He didn't stop pressing on. He just changed direction to the greater purposes of God for his life. He says, forgetting what is behind, straining, straining towards what is ahead. He presses on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. So our plans, God's plans, what is the purpose that we are pursuing? What is the path that we are pressing in on? There are too many Christians today that never even ask themselves that question. And, and some of you say, well, I graduated a long time ago. Again, this has to do with all of us. We don't say, well, I didn't ask myself then. We ask ourselves now. Am I pressing on, pressing on into what God wants for my life? Or am I on a path just because that's the path that makes the most money? Am I pressing on a road because that's the road that makes me happy? Is this just, I'm on this road because that's what I want to do? Have we considered whether we are pursuing the purposes of God for our life. Not just in general, but today. We say, well, I'm here today, you know. What about Monday morning? When we get up, are we pursuing the purposes of God for us or just going through the motions? Somebody's like, whoa, pastor, like, that's like really heavy, dude, you know. Like, you're really giving some of this stuff. I mean, we've got this celebration stuff happening, and, you know, these are big questions. It's hard. You know, these are hard questions. God's already answered these questions. 
These are not that big. These are not that hard. God has answered so many of these questions. He's already revealed the greatest purposes for us in for our lives. It's already been revealed in two of the greatest things that he calls us to. The great commandment and the great commission. God has called each and every one. That is where we should be pressing on to. These are his purposes. Like the great commandment, Jesus was asked out of all the commandments, which was the greatest one? And he replied in Mark chapter 12, verse 29 through 31, the most important one answered Jesus is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Perhaps we've never really considered what God wanted. Perhaps we've just kind of relegated God to the, the spiritual part of our life. You know, well, God's in charge. I mean, we got, God's a spiritual part. And, and God has something to do with the moral part of our life, at least the morals that we agree with, we say. But every single decision, are we living for His purposes? We miss out in our pursuit of, the purpose of even the great commandment that we've just made God a part of our life, not the whole. I mean, right now, we've got to focus on this. No. Right now, first and foremost, we need to focus on the great commandment to love God with everything. That needs to be our pursuit. That needs to be the one thing. If anything keeps going on, is this is what we press on in. You think about this. There is nothing partial or part of dealing with God in the great commandment when he says that we are to love him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. It's all the time supposed to be happening. It involves all that we are, every step, every path, every breath, pressing on in our love for God. And for some, especially those who are younger, this becomes a, a, a challenge as we move out on our own because suddenly we realize these are the first real steps for some that they're actually taking in their own walk of faith because in the past, not even realizing that they've been living at least to some extent off the faith of their parents or their grandparents. And now to walk your own faith, to step out. It shows whether you've really got a religion or a relationship. And it's real. You say that great commandment is to love God. Well, sure, I love God. I mean, I don't hate Him, so I must love Him. Is that the way it works? Or, yeah, I love God because I got this warm, fuzzy feeling about God. Is that the way it works? You know, and what we often hear sometimes is, well, <clears throat> I love God in my own way. You ever heard that? I love God, but I love God in my own way. That's not a biblical option. It actually shouldn't be an option anywhere. You know, I, I love my wife in my own way. <laughs> She'd really appreciate that, wouldn't she? You know? That's not love. That's not love when it's about your way. It's about the other person. In fact, Jesus says, here's what love is in John chapter 14, verse 15. He says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. 
And by the way, it's not just 10 of them, and it's not just the bad things you shouldn't do. It's about the good that we should do. And more than that, it's about who we should be in Christ Jesus to press on and not lose our focus. The great commandment that he's called is a purpose. Because when we don't press on in this way, we, we get out of step. And when we get out of step, we step out from under God's umbrella, so to speak. Things don't go smoothly. Things don't quite happen as we would like. Things even go poorly in our life. And and sometimes we think, well, God's just punishing us. And he's not necessarily punishing us, although God does discipline his children. But sometimes I think the things that are happening in our lives has nothing to do with God even disciplining us. It's just that we, as we are moving on, decide... Here's God's umbrella we could stay under and keep walking with him along this path. But we decide we're going to go do this for a little bit. What's it going to hurt? I mean, I'm not completely sinning. I'm just not staying right on the path of God and pressing on that. I'm just going to move over here. But I just stepped out from under God's umbrella. I just stepped out into the cool, cold world. You know, there's this, this world that storm is raging. And so it's not that I'm being punished. It's just now I'm getting to experience the way the world is without God's protection, without his umbrella over me. And for us, as we move forward, as we press on our life to recognize, you know, I need to stay under his umbrella. Our life just gets so much harder. Life gets more real out there. We're not recognizing what he really is doing for us. To step back and pressing in. There's a sense that when we are not walking in the purpose of God's for our lives, we will miss out on the promises of God. You hear that? When we are not walking in the purpose of God for our life, we can miss out on the promises of God for our life. His blessing, His protection, His provision is so important. As we press on to pursue his purposes. And we can be, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go out, you know, as as gradually, I'm ready to go out on my own path. You know, and and sometimes we think I go on my own path. And and I don't know if I really need this whole, you know, I'm here at church, but am I going to really need that later? And, And this whole Bible that they've been making me read and stuff like that, is that really that important? I mean, I love God. I still got, you know, this great command and even all this prayer stuff. That's all just religion that's just invented by man. Oh, it isn't. Jesus shed his blood, not just for you and me, but it says in Acts that his blood bought the church. It was always his plan that this Bible is God's actual word to us, speaking to us. We're not talking about a religion. We're talking about pursuing a relationship and the great commandment that loves God with everything we've got. And so God's got to speak to us. We've got to hear him somehow, and here it is. And then we've got to speak to him and talk to him to pray. That's what prayer is about. Not just going through some motions, but it's about pursuing the purpose of that great commandment of being with him. Paul pressed on in that purpose in our passage here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. He says, 
I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of what? Of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. The number one thing is about knowing Him. It's about, as he goes on, saying, gaining Christ. You know, sometimes there are those who are concerned for young people as they graduate, as they move forward with their life, that somehow they'll just kind of lose track of Jesus as they get off track. Not necessarily bad, not going a bad way, but just even going a good way, but missing the God way. And yet, we see that example all around us with people who do it all the time. We'll even see that example of people who will be doing it this time of year. There are many people in our churches that this is the time of year where it's summer, I'm taking a break. Right? We take a break. Our relationship with God, break. Take a break from church, services, being a part, serving. We take a break. You say, well, that doesn't matter. You don't have. Well, you, first of all, we're not even going to get into that, the whole Word of God and what it says there. But let's deal with reality. Let's deal with reality, what happens to people so many times as we talk about this. And that is that what we see is that when people give up the habit of meeting together with one another, it doesn't take long before they end up giving up the habit of meeting with God. It just doesn't happen the same way it used to. Not to say you completely stop. But in that moment to realize I'm off track here. I am not pressing in and pressing on i am not pursuing the great commandment that is loving god with all my heart all my strength all my soul all my mind i've gotten distracted because i'm just going to kind of take off and do whatever we can never take off and put god off to the side Pursuing him, pressing on, not just in the great commandment, but pressing on in the great commission where he says in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I will be with you in all ages. You know, sometimes we, we head off, and even as you think those going off to school think the purpose now, that this is the time of life, and my purpose is, is schooling, or my uh, purpose is uh, is about work and what it's got to be. And yet, what God is saying, our purpose here, why do we exist? What is our purpose? What is the one thing that's going to last through not only this life here, but the life of... Even the great commandment is something, well, we're going to get to do that when we get to heaven. We're going to love God. But we're not going to be doing the great commission. We're not going to be able to show that love of God to others. We're not going to be able to be his witnesses. There are so many good things. But we miss out on the great things that God wants. Because we say, well, at this point in time in my life, this is what i got to do, you know. And, and even uh, uh, for those who go off to school, there's some that won't, but for those who do, what is the point? 
so you get the education so that you can get a job so that you can get a job so that you can work and why do you do why are you working so that you can get money and why do you get money so that i can put food on the table and a roof over my head and so then that becomes our purpose just to exist and get up the next day God's plan for us when he says he wants to accomplish amazing things that are exceedingly abundantly beyond all that you could ever ask or imagine is not a life of existence it's to press on in his purposes to something that is so much more of what he's calling us to and some would say well I know it's not about work it's just about going I'm just going to enjoy life because this life is all there is or something like that we need to press on and recognize that as we, Matthew 6, says, as we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, we make this what we're pressing on, his kingdom, his righteousness, all these things will be added, which in that is all the food, all the roof over our head, all those other things will be added unto us as we press on in our purpose here and pursue his purposes. His, God's call may be for you to be an engineer, a teacher, a tradesman in some way, but he wants to use that for greater purposes that there is a job he has even within your job there is a purpose that you are there for that goes beyond all these things that we need to be pressing in on and too many today do not consider even full-time ministry it's it's not something that comes up it's not something we thought of like it would have been in days in the past in the churches in fact part of that is because parents don't really want their kids to consider what about full-time ministry because you know what it doesn't pay it's hard it might take them away from home and we're not willing to actually let go and let god do his purposes we're led by the thinking of the world and not by the kingdom of god god's call and listen for his direction and pursuing his purposes it may be as an accountant it may be as a musician but understanding that he may want you to use those skills not here but overseas on the mission field as we're finding more and more especially within the christian missionary alliance and just listen to so many last week of missionaries are not there traditionally in a sense of church planting pastors but people doing all kinds of different things their own having their own trade their own skills their own job so to speak that they're using in another place another country that is closed to the gospel of jesus christ that is dark in so many ways but there's that opportunity that opening are we even being open to that and while god calls some into full-time ministry he calls each and every one of us into lifetime ministry we are not our own we have been bought with a price and we've all every single one of us who is a christian here today have been called as great commission disciples the great commission is to all of us to make a difference make an impact to be salt and light so I'm trying to make this serving the Lord about something that just for those special or spiritual people, but that's not what it's about. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, that's where we read that it is by grace that we're saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. We know that we're saved by grace, but it goes on to say that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We have been saved to serve him. That is what we need to make sure we continue to press on whatever it may be it doesn't mean that it's full time but it does mean it's lifetime to press on in those purposes that we have been created 
for his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to serve him, all of us. And, and this is not created for good works, like occasionally do something good for God when we feel like it, when we have time. Now, this is, this is the path. This is our commission as servants of the Most High King to not lose that. So are we passionately pursuing the greater purposes? Are we pressing on in the great commandment? Are we pressing on in the great commission to do great things? Or all too often are we just settling for good? Are we settling for the good commandment, for a good commission, for a good Christian life? But that's not what it's talking about here in Philippians chapter 3. In verse 14, as he's saying here, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Even before that, I, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead. There's no holding back. There's no settling for good. There's no settling down. There's no slowing down to a jog. It's a race. And it's all out. It's all in. So how are we doing? In fact, the better question is, how do we do it? How do we keep up how do we win this race and there is a secret to success that we don't hear often enough or at least it may be said but we don't hear it for some reason and unfortunately we don't always see it in the lives of other christians around us there is a secret on how to press on into the great things that god has for you there is a secret on how to pursue his purposes. And I'm going to give it to you right now. And you may want to write this down. It's two words. Here's the secret. First word, you. Second, can't. That's the secret. So, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. You just got all, and you were going on and on about pressing on, and we got to do, and let's go, and purpose, and push it, and, and pursue, and passion, and uh, and the secret is we can't. That is a secret, though. Now we get pumped up. We can't do it in our own strength. And too many find out too late where they are frustrated. They're tired out. They've tried harder and harder to be that good Christian, to even try to do think something great. We can't. Paul knew that secret. He says even in this Philippians chapter 3 that we're looking at here in verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ. And that is what he's talking about. But he says, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. The power that raised Jesus from the dead. The power is what Paul wanted to know. A power that we cannot make it without. It comes down to this. We cannot pursue the purpose of God without the power of God. We cannot pursue 
the purpose of God without the power of God. Too many Christians are walking around missing this power and living defeated lives or at the very best just kind of living existing lives, missing out on the greatness of what God wants to do, the new that he wants to accomplish in lives because we do not have the power. We are not plugged in at all. There are great things he wants to do. At the very beginning, I mentioned Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, where it talks about that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ever ask or imagine. I say, yeah, we want that. I want to see that happen. But the next word in that verse, the next phrase is, according to his power that is at work within us. If we're keeping track of points, this is about we must pursue the purpose with purpose of God with the power of God. Uh, let's just give an example. Some of those who are uh, seniors graduating today, let's just say, I, I don't think I can do it for all of you. Let's say, take some of you, uh, take some of you on a senior trip to New York City. All right? And here's what we're going to do. Uh, when we get there, one of the things, one of the activities we're going to do is we're going to have a race, an amazing race between me and you. All right. So I'm into this. Lexus, you're, you're, you're an athlete. Are you ready for this? All right. We're going to have a race, except it's New York City, so we kind of can't be running and bumping in. So we're going to go to the Empire State Building, and we're going to race to the top, and I'm going to beat you. I I'm going to beat you to the top. And when we get to the top, I will be in better shape than you are. You will be breathing heavy and I will not be. It's, it's just not happening. I got it. And so we get there to the Empire State Building. We're right there. One, two, three, go. And you start out. And you are, I mean, you you shoot right out of the cannon, you know, kind of like the rabbit in the... Uh, the the turtle or whatever, but you know you shut out the cannon, you start up those stairs, and to the point that really after a couple of minutes you don't even see me, and you're just going, you know, going, hey, going, and and it, let's face it, it's probably a couple hours even trying to go with everything you got to get to the top. You get there, the top, and you, and you throw open the doors, and somewhere in your head you're hearing. You know, you're hearing the Rocky thing, the theme of Rocky, you throw open the doors, and you're like, ha-ha! And there I am sitting, drinking some tea. Said, hey, how's it going? Ready to do this again? I'm ready. What are you talking about? I mean, how, did you, how, how did you beat me up here? Well, I took the elevator. He said, whoa, wait, wait a minute, that's not fair. That's not right. I never said in the race to the top that you had to take the stairs. But that is exactly what Christians do every day of their lives in trying to live the Christian life. He says, I'm taking the stairs. I'm going to do it for Jesus. When God has provided for us an elevator of the Holy Spirit, to give us a power that we need to get, in a sense, as we're moving our way towards heaven. A power to take us up. To take us to where He wants us to be. 
but we're missing out of the power of God because we just continue to live our life by works and not by the power that God wants to do. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing, but we're not getting that. We're not recognizing that as well. It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God. That's what he wants for us. As we press on, we're talking today about pressing on in the purposes. This is what Paul's talking about here. I strain towards what's all that. Yes, there is that part that really has a passion that presses, but it can't be in our own power as we go out there and what we're doing. We can have all the right, do all the right things, have all the right prayers, read all the right stuff, try harder and harder and harder, and still fail or at least never feel like anything great. But it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that the early church waited before they went about the purposes of God. They were to wait in that upper room before they pressed on in God's purposes. And that's exactly what they were told in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then you will be my witnesses. You understand that? Then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, the ends of the earth. When you receive power, when the power comes on you. And that's what took place on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Which is exactly what today is. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Now, some people think Pentecost Sunday is when the Holy Spirit was given. But the reality is the Holy Spirit is throughout the Word of God in the Old Testament. Come on, people. Some people think Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit was given, but the reality is that Jesus in John chapter 20, verse 21, He talks about as He entered that upper room after He'd been resurrected, and He entered that upper room and He breathed on it and He said, Receive the Holy Spirit. They received, the disciples all gathered together waiting for him, received the Holy Spirit. So what were they waiting on for Pentecost? Not to receive the Holy Spirit, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To receive the power that Acts chapter 1 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's what they were waiting for. To be filled with the power of God through the Holy Spirit. Now, for that to happen, and even to say today is Pentecost, we want to give that opportunity in just a few minutes for you to experience that, to know that, to, that, that. But for that to happen, we cannot be filled unless first we're emptied. Jesus can't fill something that's already full, full of what we want, full of our own things, full of even our own self-effort. We have to be emptied. To put our life under God, to plug in, so to speak, is a total surrender, which is not easy. In fact, it's not easy as we're, in a sense, talking with grads today, some of them are grads, because let's face it, some have been waiting their whole life for this moment to graduate, not just school, but to graduate from having to listen and do what other people say. I'm 18. I can make, I, 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 I'm my own boss now. Right? I'm 18. I can finally be my boss and do whatever I want. By the way, you'll find that in the Bible in the book of Second Hesitations. You might want to look, try looking that up. It'll take you a while. It's not there. 
It's what our society says. In fact, it's not what every society says all over the world, but it's what our society says, this whole inalienable right that this is what happens. But the reality is, whether you are 18 or you are 80, we are not the boss of our life. Jesus is Lord. And we will experience that one way or the other. The best way is to surrender to that lordship, to, as we talk about emptying to be filled, is to surrender to the rule, the reign of the Lord Jesus over every area of life and power. Not something that happens just one time, but it's something that continues to happen as we surrender to his lordship and then ask the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us, to ask the Holy Spirit to come in and to fill us to all fullness. Ephesians 5 verse 18 says, be filled. And that word there means to be being filled with the Holy Spirit and to continue to be filled. I ask the worship team to come. Some of you, it may be that at one time you say, yes, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I had that sense of that Acts of that Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came, but it says be being filled. Are we really filled? I was just talking to grads, those who are going out, but for all of us are going to be going out. As we press on, we cannot do that unless we're doing it within His power. And so there's a gift at graduation time that God wants to give two gifts this morning, and one of those is the gift of eternal life. If you've not experienced that before, if you've not known for certain that if something were to happen to you today, that you would be with Him in heaven because He is with you here today. The second gift that He wants to give is the Holy Spirit's fullness in our life. Luke chapter 11 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Heavenly Father wants to give this. And so as the worship team leads us this song, I just encourage you, if you want in some way to know this, to surrender to Him, to press on, I encourage you to respond, to come to the front, to seek Him, to seek His filling, to His fullness, and not just say, well, that was a good religious thing but that you would leave with an engine that is full of His power.